Hey everyone, Bethany here. We recorded today's episode a couple of weeks ago and before a lot of recent events had happened, but I think in God's sovereignty, the topic of hope is very relevant to today, and that's what today's episode's about. Anytime you turn on the news or social media and you're scrolling, it's impossible to miss that there are a lot of hurting people right now who are really just looking for hope. As Christians, through the gospel of Jesus, we have the only true source of hope. And while a good bit of this episode is geared toward not losing hope in dating specifically, the larger theme of hoping in Jesus, always, is there too. This is what people need right now, the gospel and the hope of Jesus. We hope that you listen and are encouraged because that's what we're talking about today. Kristen and I'm Bethany and this is looking for the middle the Christian girl's guide to modern dating we're here to help you date with confidence while honoring the Lord and to show you that your identity and contentment are in Christ we're going to give you the tools that you need to date successfully and be set up well for success in a godly marriage if you've ever felt like you didn't really belong with any of the extremes in dating today well you're not alone neither did we and that's why we're here looking for the middle and welcome to another episode in season three, four, four, four. it's four, y'all. <laughs> 2020. I know. Can we all just to like get a do over, please? This <sighs> has been something else. I don't even know what day it is anymore. I think it's Thursday. Yep. You're right. I think. It was also Memorial Day this week, which really throws me off when we have a holiday because then every day feels like the day before. But didn't it seem like Memorial Day was way early this year? Or was that just me? No, I thought it was Because I kept thinking it was going to be this coming up weekend. It's just been a mess. Okay. Okay. Anyways, (laughs) just a reminder real quick for those of you who are not following us on social media already, we would love for you to join our social media family. So you can follow us on Instagram at LFTM underscore podcast, or you can find us on Facebook at Looking for the Middle Podcast. And for those of you who are actually going to follow us, I'm actually like, I'm shocked I'm not because (laughs) y'all are awesome, but we've had quite the little... Yeah. uptick since we started talking about this at the front so thank you guys yeah. for following us we promise not to spam you or anything but no we have been having some fun with my roommate being on hinge and we're doing like recaps of her uh, experience so you don't want to miss out on that you it's should go hilarious. follow us on instagram yes i crack up every time <laughs> oh my gosh okay so it is my question of the day okay before we jump into the episode so are you ready sure okay what is one of your favorite family vacation traditions um well honestly when we were really young we never really went on family vacations that sounds awful it's not bad we um like we had I don't know we did stuff at home and we had that just wasn't like travel wasn't a big focus we you know used that money elsewhere I guess you could say but once we got to be like in our teen years we're like oh we want to go to the beach or we want to go do something so we started you know taking trips every year and every year we would end up at some mini golf place. And so that kind of became a tradition that whenever we're all at the beach or whatever, you know, it's normally like day three or so when everyone's too sunburned to really want to go yep. <laughs> to the beach that day or they need Lindsay, a break. Lindsay, we're talking to you. Yes, exactly. Poor Lindsay. <laughs> She's, she struggles with the sunscreen application. <laughs> so that's one of my favorites. And I mean, we're super chill, super laid back. We don't really do much on vacation. So it's also probably one of the only traditions that we've got when it comes to vacation no that's i'm the same way i'm like if i'm gonna go on vacation i don't want to do a lot i just want to chill uh one of ours i don't know if i've ever actually told you this before funny so we go 
every year as a family to Panama City. We've been going since I was in middle school or high school, I guess. And we, every night, uh, we would cook a lot of our meals uh-huh. because I'm one of five kids and going out to eat is not cheap. So we would cook and we would play Yahtzee after dinner when it got dark. But the kicker is when we played, if you Yahtzeed, you had to go out on the balcony of the condo and scream Yahtzee as loud as you could <laughs> off the balcony. And there was one night I think all seven of us got it. And so oh, and we're funny. all like trying to outdo each other. My mom sang it in like opera. I mean <laughs> <laughs> people are probably like, What is wrong with this family? We were we have videos of it. We oh, were laughing funny. so hard. And so every year when we play Yahtzee on vacation Y'all still do it? We still do it. Oh, we're that's all adults. Funny. And we still do it. <laughs> that's really funny. I could just picture y'all yelling off the porch in some beachfront condo. That's exactly what happens. My loud family doesn't shock anybody. That is so funny. Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's jump into one of our happier topics of the season. Yeah. Don't lose hope. That's happy, right? Compared to some of the other things we've talked about this season, it's pretty optimistic. It is. Okay. So if we're going to talk about not losing hope, I think we've all probably been there when it comes to dating And you just get to that place of being like, okay, what is the point of this? Like, why even bother anymore? And it never seems like it works out. And it's just kind of a frustrating place to be, I guess. We've been there. We get it. And so I think maybe let's just start with some times when we haven't felt super hopeful. So we can all commiserate together and then we can move on to, you know, some things that we've done said heard that are not helpful and then we can circle back to some things that we've heard you know from other people and friends and that kind of thing that are helpful and maybe we'll give you guys some some encouragement as well so I know for me it's not so much after a breakup as it is after the you know fifth guy in three weeks that I've been talking to from some app or whatever and it doesn't work out because of whatever reason, whether it's, you know, the same old, same old reasons that we all deal with or not, that's when I just get frustrated. It's not as much after a breakup. I think there's, I don't know, you can kind of see the purpose in a breakup, even if it's not what you want in a weird way, you can see the purpose in it because for whatever reason, it either, if you're the one breaking up, it got to a point where you were like, okay, this is not working. And there were reasons to break up. So there was purpose there. Or if you were the one being broken up with, you don't, maybe you don't see the immediate purpose as much, but like we've said so much, you don't want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with you. And so there's, there's a purpose in and of itself. And so that's easier for me, but like when it's just guy after guy after guy who either can hardly carry on a conversation or is not really showing a ton of interest or whatever, it just gets annoying after a while. It's like, why even bother? And it was funny. I was talking to my mom I guess probably last week or two weeks ago, I don't remember, but she was saying, she was asking about like some guy that I had been talking to and I was like, eh, we're not really anymore. And she's like, oh, you know, I'm sorry or whatever. And so then she said something about, you know, I was thinking the other day how, you know, you're wanting to find someone who's a Christian, obviously, and especially around here in the South, she was like probably 50% of people would say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Okay, so then you have 50% of the population. (laughs) But then she's like, but honestly, within that, it's probably like, what, 5% maybe who are really serious about pursuing that relationship with the Lord. And so that means out of that 50%, that's already half of the population, 
45, you know, 50% of them at least, I'm being generous, are also eliminated. And so it's just, she's like, that's got to be like tiring. And I was like, it is. I said, but honestly, they, they weed themselves out pretty quickly. You know, it's usually pretty apparent, but it's still just like over and over and over. And so it is frustrating. And that's when I just get over it, I guess you could yeah, say. Because even the, the part of having to weed them out, I'm yeah. like, I don't want to have to weed people out. I just want to be able to meet a nice Jesus loving guy and have a conversation and not be like, okay, what's going to be wrong with him? Or yeah. how much longer is it going to be before he tells me that, you know, he's in a cult or something? <laughs> I'm being dramatic. <laughs> Oh, kind of. Yeah, but kind of. Also, <laughs> disclaimer, if you hear sarcasm in yes. this episode, take it for sarcasm. Yes, do. <laughs> we're, we're not cynical, I promise. But no, that does get, yeah. it gets tiring after a while, I'm sure. And for me, it was kind of funny. Bethany and I were talking about this. I'm like, so I'm on the other side of it <laughs> where after a breakup is normally when I feel the least amount of hopefulness that I can. And... I mean, y'all know, well, you didn't know till a couple months later, but after my last breakup, whenever we did the episode on navigating heartbreak and disappointment, I was very open about, I had a really hard time because one, I was blindsided. So that just made it a lot worse because you don't see it coming. But then you start to think like, oh my gosh, like I was so sure I was going to marry him and to get that excited and that invested and then it all just to crumble. You're like, I don't want to go through that again. Like, I don't want to do that. That sounds terrible. And then coming back a little bit, I'm like, can I just make it past the three to four month mark with somebody? Because apparently that seems to be my my ceiling. The kiss of death. <laughs> yes. It's like, <laughs> if we make it to month five, I'm going to be thrilled. <laughs> but, which they do say it is funny. It takes about three months for you to figure out if this is going to go somewhere or not, which I'm apparently a wonderful um success story to back up that piece of information but i'm really good at figuring out the knot yeah just just not the yeah. oh yes this is gonna this is gonna work yeah. and but yeah i remember after that breakup for several months i mean bethany can tell yeah. you i am not a cynical pessimistic person and i was when it came to talking about relationships after that yeah and it's just not a fun place because like you said, you know, you have you have hope because you're a Christian, obviously, and we'll get to that at the end. And you have hope in Christ and all of that. But when it comes to hope in your relational life, that's not a guaranteed thing. Yeah. And so if you get really down, you start to think like, OK, well, what's the point of hoping? Because who knows if it's even going to happen? And that's a really like far down the line place we don't want to like <laughs> encourage you to get to. But we a lot of us have probably been there. And so we don't want you guys to stay there. You know, yes, it's going to hurt when you go through a breakup or yes, it's going to suck when you've talked to four or five guys on an app and all of them, you know, fizzled out within a few days. But you don't have to stay in that rut that comes from those circumstances. And, you know, we I feel like we get to those ruts from time yeah. to time, but we've also we're also learning how to get out of them quicker than we used to. And so that was kind of the point behind this episode is we wanted to give you guys some encouragement and some advice on how you cannot stay in that rut and not lose hope even when you're tempted to. Yeah. I think that's the goal. If, if your goal is to never get frustrated or to never feel hopeless momentarily or to never go through something hard, you're definitely going to be disappointed because that's not 
real life that those things will happen. But like you said, our goal is to not stay there. Mm -hmm. And so one thing I think you have to realize is that when you lose hope, whether it's your relational status or friendships or family or job, whatever the thing is, this is not solely based on relationship status here. But when you do lose hope in whatever situation you're in, it's because you've placed your hope in the plan or the outcome or the reactions from someone else or whatever it is that you've decided are best. You have said in your mind, okay, this is the acceptable outcome of this, or this is how I want this to go. And that's what's best for me. And when that doesn't happen, you're tempted to lose hope. The problem there is you don't know what's best for you. You may think you do, but only the Lord knows what's best and his thoughts and his ways are so much higher than ours, like it says in Isaiah. And so if you keep your trust in him, if you keep your focus on him, then when those disappointments come, sure, you can be disappointed. You acknowledge that disappointment, but more than that, you're trusting in the Lord who's bringing those things about in your life and knowing that he really knows what's best as opposed to clinging so tightly to this idea of what you think is best that you've built up in your mind that may or may not actually be what's best for you. Yeah, because that's when you start to turn that into an idol. Exactly. And I read a Tim Keller quote on Instagram. Did you share this and I found I don't think it? So. Okay. I saw it. Okay. So well, you did, but somebody shared it on Instagram. <laughs> and he said, An idol is whatever you look at and say in your heart of hearts, if I have that, then I'll feel that my life has meaning. I'll know that I have value and then I'll feel significant and secure. And I've totally had that thought about having a husband and being oh, married me too. of so mm-hmm. many times I'm like if I could just get married like he will I'll, I'll always feel secure and I'll always feel safe and I'll mean like the world to somebody else and I'll, <laughs> and that may be parts of that may be true yeah but not wholly not perfectly and not anything better than what I could get with my relationship with the Lord right and that's when you begin to place marriage or like Bethany said the placing your hope in the plan or the outcome that you are expecting or that you're wanting, you place that as an idol. And that's not okay. That is a sin. Like you Mm -hmm. are not supposed to idolize anything or anyone above your heavenly father. And, you know, there's a lot of freedom in releasing your plans and releasing your expectations, which is a very difficult thing to do. <laughs> Speaking from experience, your girl is a planner and I don't <laughs> like to let go of my plans. But when you begin to trust in the Lord and know, okay, you know what, Lord, you do know what's best for me. Your ways are better than mine. You're capable of doing way more than I could ever ask or imagine. So why am I holding on to my puny little plan <laughs> that may not even be that great yeah. compared to what you most likely isn't great compared yeah. to what you have for me? And when you let go of that, there's this, you know, peace that you feel because you're trusting in the sovereignty of God and you're, th- you know, okay, you know what, Lord, I'm going to do my part here, but ultimately, you know, what's going to happen and you have my best interest in mind. And I think a lot of that can be applied to when we're dating because when, you know, you reach out to a guy, like I reached out to a guy not too long ago and I had the thought, which I don't think I've ever thought this, but I was like, you know what? I did my part. I reached out. And if it's supposed to work, then it's going to. And if it's not, Mm -hmm. then God will leave the door shut. And then I'll know, okay, you know what? That wasn't him. And I'll keep moving. And it was like this, 
yeah like, moment of oh my gosh that's so because i'm not sitting on my couch waiting like i say for the mm-hmm. amazon guy to deliver him but i'm also not trying to force something that may not be god's best for me and that was the other quote i found on Insta- Y'all, <laughs> instagram is a great place for quotes it's like pinterest and instagram if you can make sure the sources are good obviously but there's a lot to be found on here but Craig Rochelle made uh, this statement. He said, when it's not in God's time, you cannot force it. And when it is in God's time, you cannot stop it. I shared that on my Instagram like four times last week. It just kept coming up. I was like, okay, Lord, clearly you're trying to nail this point home. But that's so true. And Mm -hmm. I've seen that happen in so many other areas of my life. When I tried to make something happen that wasn't supposed to, and it was just door shut after door shut after door shut. And then when it came time... For the door to open, there was nothing I could do to close it. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing I could do to screw it up. And even despite my mistakes and my imperfection, if that was the Lord's will, that's what happened. Yeah. It's funny. My grandfather growing up, he would always say, well, he talked about it in the context of um, <laughs> life or death, literally. But it, he was making the point of he would say, okay, what is the worst thing that could happen to you as a human? The absolute worst thing. You could, die, you could die, right? Yeah. So in the life of a Christian, though, I mean, that's moving you into eternity with the Lord. So it, like, what do you have to fear? And what he would say is, and think of it this way, until it's your time, you know, until the Lord calls you home, you're indestructible. Now, don't go jump off a building. Like, don't, right. they, obviously, he, you There's know. wisdom in that. He was, yeah, and that was his point of like, you do what you can and you live well for the Lord and you do what you need to do, but you have nothing to fear because until it's the Lord's time, you're indestructible. And if you translate that into what we're talking about here, just talking about God's sovereignty, until it's time for you to meet the person you're going to be with, you're not going to. And then once you do, there's nothing you're going to do to run them off. Yeah, There's nothing you can do about either one of them. So like you said, do your part and you're trusting in the Lord as you do. Exactly. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about <laughs> things that have not been helpful. When we're, when you're in that place of not feeling hopeful, not seeing the point of dating, just being frustrated, things we've heard or said or done that have not been helpful for us. And so this is kind of more... <laughs> This probably won't be helpful for your friends either. So if they're in that place, you know, these are things that people are very well-intentioned and well-meaning and we've all been there, but they're just not helpful. The first one, regardless of how helpful it may feel in the moment, is a good old-fashioned pity party. <laughs> Past a certain point, it's not helpful. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like a little bit is helpful. A little bit is, yeah. You're grieving something. Just don't stay there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's you and your girlfriends and you all frustrated and whatever like vented a little like that's okay yeah but don't stay there right then you just feed off of this cycle of frustration and bitterness and discontent and whatever and that does not go anywhere towards making people more hopeful (laughs) no if you need a good cry get one good cry out and then you know you get it out of your system and then you keep going but don't like like we've said before, don't suppress everything where you're like, I'm fine all the time. It's okay for you to have a little bit of, you know, this sucks and yeah. I don't like this. But like Bethany said, don't stay there. You keep moving. This is a progression. They call it a grieving process. It's not a grieving yes. spot. Like you don't just stay there. And stick <laughs> very good point. In, yeah. Stick it where you're at. Um, the second thing that 
I've heard too many times that's not helpful is it's okay. You'll meet someone eventually. And I know that's well-meaning yes. and trying to say, don't worry, like, don't lose hope. You'll mm-hmm. find someone. But at the same time, offering s- someone who is struggling to be hopeful a false hope is not helpful. And that's not necessarily a false hope. They may meet someone someday. But if what you're telling someone is, don't worry, you'll meet someone, you'll meet someone, you'll meet someone, you don't know that. Mm-hmm. They may not. And so building their hope on something that is not certain isn't really helpful because they're going to keep waiting and waiting away for that thing. And then when it doesn't happen, then the fall will be even greater than the initial like reorientation of your thoughts. Yeah. Um, And I've even had thought, I never say this, so don't think I say this to people, but when they're like, Oh, I'm like, who are you to tell me that I will? Like you you can't guarantee that you have no power over that. No one can guarantee that. And I remember when I spoke at an event last year, I told the story of my last breakup and that was the first thing afterwards that a lot of women came up and talked to me and they were like, Oh honey, like it's okay. You're, you know, you're going to meet somebody. He's going to be so great. And I'm like, I know you're trying to be encouraging. And I just kind of nodded my head and I didn't as a compliment. Yeah. I'm like, thank you. But this is one of those things you can't, you, you don't want to be mean in your response, but you don't really want to take it too seriously to heart either because these people can't guarantee that to you. And you know, you will, you'll be okay if you do get married and you'll be okay if you don't get married, Mm -hmm. but trying to stay hopeful because you're thinking, oh, well, everybody says I'm going to meet somebody eventually. Right. Like Bethany said, you're just setting yourself up for disappointment. Not to say that you won't, but that's not what your hope should be rooted in. Right. And that's, that's the distinction there. Yes. Hot on the heels of that one (laughs) is the, you, I'm sure we've, all heard this one before someone will say oh but you're so pretty you're so sweet you're so fill in the blank and then what's wrong with these guys you know if you know why don't you tell me yeah and so it's again it's a really flattering thing it's really kind but if I'm already frustrated and struggling to be hopeful when it comes to the boy outlook (laughs) I don't need someone fueling that fire by what's wrong with these guys and you're so great it's their problem because Mm. sure it may be but it may not be solely that and if people are just pumping your head full of you're so great you can kind of lose lose track of some humility there I think sometimes and it's always then somebody else's problem and sure there may I will stand here and say there's a lot of that burden that guys carry (laughs) that they are (laughs) struggling sometimes but it's not entirely them I think we as Christian women a lot of times can punt that burden to the guys because we say well they're supposed to pursue and they're supposed to be all of these things and he has to do xyz before he's worthy of my attention almost and so I think that tips over into pride sometimes kind of easily and so I think we just need to be careful when we're struggling to be hopeful to make sure that we're not also prideful in that. And so we don't need people feeding into that. And if nothing else, like you said too, I don't know what's wrong with them. Don't ask me. I can't tell you. Like, <laughs> There's that too. Yeah. Well, and I've been really guilty of exactly what Bethany was just saying, as far as it's so easy to point the finger at guys and be like, I don't understand why they don't just grow up or ask girls out or blah, blah, blah. But yeah. 
you trying to stay hopeful and then bashing the male population, those don't go well together. Because if anything, you want to be hopeful that, okay, yeah, maybe this one guy I was with or that I was talking to, that didn't work out. But that doesn't mean that every guy within a 300 mile radius of me is terrible and is going to do the exact same thing this guy did. If anything, you want to be like, you know what? I hope that, and I'm really believing that there is somebody out there, at least one other guy, if not multiples, that are strong in their faith and that are wanting to pursue a relationship with somebody and who are, you know, are looking to be married. And that's going to help put you in a better mindset than just bashing guys and talking about all the things that you think are wrong with them. So I know that that's, we joke about it, obviously. And you know, there is also some truth to like our frustrations with guys when we come in contact with someone who doesn't represent the male population super well. (laughs) But just be really careful in how, because also at the end of the day, these are your brothers in Christ. Absolutely. And the way you talk about them, the way you love them as a sister in Christ, the way that you just think about them even, you should be honoring the Lord in the way you do that and honoring them. Yeah. And that can be more difficult at times than others, but that doesn't mean you still shouldn't do it. So... Right. Things just because they're hard doesn't mean they're not worth doing and not required. Exactly. Okay. A couple other things that aren't helpful when you're trying to stay hopeful. Spending too much time on social media. Yeah. Because if you're down in the dumps about the fact that you're not in a relationship or that the relationship you were in just failed, you getting on and looking at everybody's engagement pictures on Instagram is not helpful. One quick thing to kind of piggyback on that too, and it seems counterintuitive, but one thing I found helpful is when you're frustrated at guys in general, you're wanting to just wring the neck of the closest one you can find. Social media is troublesome, but as counterintuitive as it seems, delete the dating apps off your phone. Even though it doesn't make sense because you're like, no, but I want to find someone and I'm tired of these guys who are not great and I want to find a really good one. When you're in that headspace, just being on those apps is not helpful. Whether it's one of the free apps, whether it's something you've paid for, delete them for a week. That makes all the difference for me of just not seeing it constantly in your face. And you can kind of regroup, reset, and then come back. Yeah, the nice thing about deleting dating apps is it doesn't delete your profile. It just deletes the app so you can't use it. So you can always go back and re-download it. All your stuff will still be there. There will still be guys there. So don't think we're saying like, oh my gosh, delete everything. And then you have to start from scratch in a week because you're not in a good headspace. No, this is a very simple, easy thing to do that can help with your mindset a lot. And that's just one of those, like we talked about in the how to let go and he was never yours to hold on to one of your triggers. If your trigger when you're frustrated is to immediately just go try to fill the void with somebody else on a dating app, then deleting a dating app is a good course of action for you to take. So know what is going to not help you stay hopeful mm-hmm. when you're you're walking that line. I know I say this all the time. But if I want to be hopeful, I don't go listen to my breakup playlist on Spotify. I don't go watch a bunch of Hallmark movies where all the men are perfect and have unrealistic expectations for the next six months. Like I know what and what not to take in as far as media goes and want to make sure that I'm being wise about that. So I'm not, you know, making it worse on myself. Yeah. And I think that's one you have to just know about yourself and then be resolute in sticking to it. 
because just because you struggle with that doesn't mean your friend does. And they're like, they, they won't be able to relate as much because they're like, I don't, I don't get why that's a problem. So you just have to be resolute and saying, Nope, I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to listen to that right now. Even if they're like, Oh, come on, like come over and whatever. Like just don't do it and know that the payoff in the end is worth it because you're honoring the Lord with, you know, guarding your thought life there. Okay. So the last one here that is not helpful, and I don't know that we have to say this, but I'm going to anyway, because I always get to this place when I'm frustrated, (laughs) is I suddenly start to think, you know, that guy from six months ago, he wasn't that bad. Like maybe, maybe we could talk again, or maybe we could go out again, or maybe I, you know, maybe I overreacted or I've changed since then, or maybe he's changed or whatever. Like don't, don't circle back to any of your exes, whether you dated them, whether you just talked a little, it just, you broke up for a reason. And I'm not saying you should never go back and date an ex. I have been open to that. I've gone out again with exes. I've done it. But for the most part, you ended it for a reason. And now when you're just kind of frustrated and looking for someone is not the time to circle back to that no 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 (laughs) amen sister you know what that reminded me of y'all humor me for a minute with my love of the office you know like right at the end after they fired kevin and he has the bar and like they go into the bar and he turns around he's like well 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 (laughs) he's like that was five wells (laughs) that was five no's five no's gosh that's such a good scene oh my gosh oh man no i will i will not i will not repeat what bethany said but don't circle back to one of your exes take it from a girl who almost just tried to get back together with her ex not too long ago not a good idea nope so just doesn't normally end well nope leave it at that it's only in those hallmark movies when the the guy that you were in love with in college comes back and he's perfect now and Ugh, don't get me started. And he looks like Mark Lucas. Yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love me some Hallmark movies. Oh, same. But I I am realistic in seeing their faults, too, I think. I'm not. So that's why I have <laughs> to stay That's why we watch them together. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay, goodness. so let's end on a happy note here. And what are some things that we can give to people when they're trying to stay hopeful okay. that will help them? I think one thing that's helpful for me is, and I think a lot of these you'll see that, is when people or you can speak to yourself or a friend and they're telling you truth, they're telling you things that are objective and like concrete. Whereas like some of those others, oh, you'll find someone. Oh, what's wrong with guys? It's kind of like this nebulous concept. So on the flip side here, if someone says, not all guys are like blank. You know, it's a little more concrete. They're saying, don't, you know, don't get frustrated because not all guys are bad communicators. Don't get frustrated because not all guys are immature and can speak to the reality of that. And that's helpful when the guy that you just stopped dating or stopped talking to isn't the best. And someone who is outside of that can look in and say, don't worry, not all guys are like that because whether it's scripture or whether it's something they can offer to kind of counteract your frustration. Now, I will say this is helpful if it comes with a healthy dose of commiseration. <laughs> Someone can say, oh, trust me, I get it, but. Or, you know, they can 
relate. There's empathy there. But it's helpful for me when there's a specific thing that I can be reminded that, okay, not all guys are like this. And I can cling to that instead of my thoughts that are like, all guys are jerks because blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, there's a that balance of empathy and truth is so valuable to have Speak in a the friend. Truth and love. Yeah, exactly. Is you know, I get it. I'm sorry. I totally understand. But also don't forget this. Yeah. It's huge. Another thing that's been helpful for me is to, when you are thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get married or, oh, I'm so hopeless. This is never going to work out. <laughs> look at your life and look at what you've gotten to do, to see, to experience because you didn't get married when you thought you would. And this has been monumentally helpful for me because I've mentioned this before. I plan on getting married at the age of 22, according to the life plan that 16 year old Kristen wrote down. And (laughs) we are now five years out of that plan and none of that's happened, which is fine. Did it take me a while to say it was fine? Yes, but it's fine. And not too long ago, I had a conversation with my mom who got married when she was 21 and basically had the plan that I wanted. She got to live that out. And it was so encouraging for her to say this to me. She said, Kristen, you're getting to do and experience so many things that your dad and I didn't get to because we did get married young and we didn't have, you know, this time that you have. We didn't have the financial resources that you had. We didn't, you know, have X, Y, and Z. And you're getting to do all these things we would have loved to have done. She's like, would I go back and change my life? Absolutely not. I love your dad. I love our story. But don't miss out on what you're getting to do and what you're getting to experience because you're wishing that your life had turned out differently. And it was so encouraging to hear that. Well, one, just from my mom, but also from, like I said, someone who they got what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And yeah, my life didn't turn out that way, but then they're pointing out the good in this. And this is very different than someone saying, you know, oh, you're still young. You've got plenty of time. That is not helpful. We could have put that in the first list. Yes. Yes. Because it's like, oh, you're like, I get that you're 27, but you're still just 27. I'm like, okay, well, 27 feels like 43 in Christian single years. Exactly. It's not helpful. No. So (laughs) that's not what I want to hear. But to hear someone phrase it like that, like you said, with a specific, like truth filled encouragement is so great and such a good reminder to consistently go back to and be like you know what I have gotten to I got to go to Israel for two weeks I got to buy my dream car I got to you know pick up and take a road trip for two weeks and didn't have to worry about leaving a husband or kids behind you know all these things that I'm really really grateful that I've been able to do and that attitude of I'm gonna say okay that attitude of gratitude I know that sounds so (laughs) cheesy That attitude of thankfulness is a game changer. It totally is. And I think anytime you can redirect your thoughts, and sometimes it takes other people helping you do that. And that's kind of the third one is here. When other people can help redirect your mindset, because you're in this place of being frustrated and losing hope when it comes to dating and it's so easy to do and it's so easy to spiral once you get into that thought process that you need someone to like zap you almost whether it's a friend or a mentor or a parent someone who can say hey snap out of it because you know this is not the right way of thinking and I think that's one of the key things is that they're telling you something you know but you need someone else to 
pointed out to you sometimes. Just think of how like with so many other things, whether it's, you know, you're struggling with being patient or you snap at someone like you kind of have this blind spot, but someone else can say, hey, quit doing that. Yeah. (laughs) But one thing to keep in mind is this is only helpful if you are accepting of what they're saying. If you just write them off, you're not going to get anywhere. It's not that what they said didn't help. You chose not to apply it. So be open to that. Be willing for other people to pour into your life and to redirect your mindset. Take those thoughts captive, get you on that right path. And that will make a big difference. And it's very encouraging when, because I think a lot of times with this, part of the problem is you feel alone, both because it's like, well, everyone else is coupling up. What's wrong with me? But then also from the standpoint of, I don't have anyone else and I don't want to bother anyone else. And so it's just me. And so having someone come alongside and who cares enough and who notices and who can help with that goes a long way to restoring hope in and of itself, I think. That's a great point because you, I never thought about it that way, but just having, you know, your friends, your mentors, your family, whoever, just someone to remind you that, yes, I know I'm not alone because God is always with me, but having like a tangible person there that can show you the love of Christ in that way is so great. Another thing that has been really helpful, I think for both of us, we Mm -hmm. both have talked about this, is looking back on the faithfulness of God in all situations of your life, even if they weren't dating related. Mm -hmm. Because for some reason, I don't know if y'all do this, maybe this is just me and I'm weird, but I feel like my relational life is almost like an isolated thing about my life. And then there's everything else. And it's so much easier to be like, oh, God's going to come through here. God's going to come through on, you know, this. Provide financially or whatever. No problem at all. And for some reason that, that hope and that uh, assurance is not there as strongly as it is. Is that a word? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. As it is with my relational life. Why is that? I've never really thought about that. I'm the same way though. Like I have no trouble. Like when there's a disappointment, whether it's job related or anything else related, it's like, okay, well God, you know, the Lord knows best and he's in control and it's fine. And I just bounce right back. But Huh. I wonder why is it that it's separated like that? I don't know. I remember um, I was still in college and I was uh, interviewing for this job and I was still living with my parents. So I was in the basement and my dad came down and we were just talking Uh about I was waiting to hear back and I had interviewed and all this stuff. And and I was like, you know, dad, I am, you know, if this is supposed to work out then it's going to work out and the Lord's going to open the door. And if not, then he'll shut it. But I'm, you know, I trust him and you know, whatever. And he, he looked at me, he's like, you're right. And he paused and he was like, you know what, Kristen, it's, what would it take for you to have that same kind of faith and trust when it comes to your dating life as you do with this? And I was like, oh crap. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Dad. And drop the mic, Dad, and walk away. But I just, I will never forget that moment. And it's still true. He's so right. And for whatever reason, it's so much. I don't know if it's because the desire for this is so strong Uh compared to, like, I know I'll get a job. I know I'll, like, you know, all these other things. I don't know. I don't want them as badly as I do to want to be in a relationship if that factors into it but for some reason it's always a little bit more difficult 
to have that same level of trust and faith and hope when it comes to my dating life yeah. that it does anything else. The payoff is quicker in the others. That's true. You're like, okay, I know I'll get a job and it will be in the next few weeks. Like I will find something, you know, even if it's like, okay, well, this isn't my dream job, but I will go get a job. Like that kind of thing. You can have a temporary fix for a lot of these other things where you can't necessarily do that with your relationships. And you have more of a say in it. Mm -hmm. I wonder if this may be part of it because going to get a job or, you know, what, I guess that's one of the other main ones making a big purchase things like that they're not dependent on another person reciprocating it as much now sure if you go to an interview the other the person interviewing you has to like you but it's more of an objective standard of does this person meet these qualifications check yes or no and then here you can have the job so it doesn't depend as much on your personality and the things you like and whether you're cool enough and funny enough and whatever else pretty enough pretty enough whatever those things are you're not as vulnerable at the outset maybe that's a good point and so when you're not as vulnerable at the outset and there's a limited time before there's this payoff it's a lot easier when it's being vulnerable to a greater level over and over for an indefinite period of time I wonder if that factors in. I think so. I think it all kind of factors in. But, um, I mean, at the end of the day, you have to remind yourself, you know, God has not changed throughout Mm -hmm. your entire life and neither has his faithfulness. And if he can be faithful in providing you a job, a place to live, friends, financial security, whatever it is that you have seen him do in your life, if he can be faithful in all of those other areas he can be faithful in your relational life too this is not an outlier for him Mm, and so just look taking the time to look back and say you know what look how he was faithful here and look how he was faithful here and look how he came through here when I didn't think anything was going to come of this those things will be great encouragements and reminders for you as you are waiting for you know a relationship and for marriage Okay, our last one here in our list of things that are helpful in staying hopeful is realizing that a lack of hope is not a characteristic of a Christian. Now, when I say that, will there be moments you don't feel hopeful? Absolutely. Do those need to last? No. And there's we have hope because of Jesus, period. Not because of anything we say or do or feel like we have hope. Do we take hold of that hope is the question. And you have to remember who your hope is ultimately rooted in. It's not in yourself. And biblical hope is not like we talk about hope. I really hope it doesn't rain on Saturday because I want to go to the pool. That's just my pie in the sky hopes that, oh, maybe because I want that thing. So I'm just hoping nothing bad happens. Biblical hope is trust in the character of God and knowing that because of his character and because of who he is, we have no reason to lose. Like we, everything is assured. Everything is finalized. Everything is done. And we can hope in that because Christ's work on the cross is finished and we are redeemed. So knowing who your hope is in is crucial. And I wanted to read one verse here out of Romans. It's Romans 15, 13. And it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
So how do we have hope? How do we overflow with hope? By trusting in the God of hope. That's where hope comes from. And that is nothing dependent on a relationship status. That is not dependent on your performance. It's not dependent on anything. You have hope because God is a God of hope. And when you trust in him, he has promised to give that to you. I'm just going to let Bethany keep preaching. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, dang, I need to hear this. No, she's so right. And I love that verse. Not going to lie, I didn't remember the reference to it. But I do love that verse because some of y'all know this. My word for 2020 is hope. And full disclosure, didn't want that to be my word. I was like, Lord, are you sure? Like The word just kept coming up and showing up in places and showing up in my quiet time and all these verses I was reading. I'm like, I don't want this to be my word because my thought is, again, I had a very earthly view of hope. If I don't get what I'm hoping for this year, then it's going to be a waste of a word. Mm. And I am coming to realize by learning the hard way, as I often have to do with things like this, is that... I have hope regardless of whether anything I'm wanting I get this year or not. If I don't get married this year, if I don't meet somebody this year, if I don't reach this goal or accomplish this dream or whatever, I still have hope. And as I was preparing to, you know, for kind of researching the word, I guess I like to research the word before the year starts. I started looking up verses that talked about hope and newsflash the bible talks a lot about hope so (laughs) if you ever just need a nice little um pick me up almost like we'd need to hear it yeah (laughs) exactly then just google verses about hope and you'll have reading for days but a few romans 15 13 was one of the top ones but then a lot of verses in romans talk about hope there's romans 12 12 that says be joyful in hope patient in affliction and faithful in prayer there's romans 8 24 and 25 that says for in this hope we were saved but hope that is seen is no hope at all who hopes for what they already have but if we hope for what we do not yet have we wait for it patiently and that's talking about the hope we have in christ it's not talking about the hope you haven't that you'll get married or the hope that this one thing's going to work out the way you want it to it's know that your hope is rooted in christ and Again, Hebrews 11, 1, driving that point home, saying, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. And that's tying hope and faith and trust together, just like Romans 15, 13 did. Because what you can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. And finally, there's Romans 15, 4, which just go read Romans if you want to read about <laughs> hope. But it says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. So that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. And I love that one so much because it's a great reminder that, you know what, if I want to feel hopeful, I don't need to go try to find a boyfriend. I don't need to go watch a Hallmark movie. I don't need to go, you know, running to my friends so that I can vent. I don't need to fill in the blank. I need to go to the word of God and I need to go spend time with my heavenly father because that's where hope is found at the end of the day. And the definite, like the Greek word for hope in scripture means a confident expectation. Mm -hmm. It's not this, like Bethany was saying this, oh, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. Or I hope that one day I get to do this. You know, it's not this 
maybe kind of sort of one foot in, one foot out. I'm not going to, you know, totally expect it because mm-hmm. I don't want to get disappointed, but I'm not going to not ask for it. Yeah. It's no, I am confidently expecting something. And the only thing you can confidently expect is that you will find fulfillment and hope in Christ. Exactly. That is it. Yeah. It's not this confident expectation that I'll get what I want eventually. Mm -hmm. It's a confident expectation that the character of God will never fail. And it's a confident expectation that because of that, everything that happens to you in your life is ultimately for your good. And it will make you more like him. If you turn to him, if you, you know, you trust in him, the hope will get deeper. The, joy will be deeper and the contentment like we were talking about will be deeper too yeah it's that confident expectation that you have everything you need Mm -hmm. for life and godliness exactly and that's because of jesus so i'll just we we didn't mean for that like a little (laughs) mini sermon for you at the end we didn't even mean i needed that that. (laughs) i did too i'll probably need to go back and listen to this a couple times but yeah we hope this was encouraging for y'all and If you find yourself at a place right now where you're struggling to be hopeful, first of all, we get it. Mm -hmm. We've been there recently. Yeah. And it is hard and it's frustrating. But if you're a follower of Christ, you don't have to stay there. Yeah. And hopefully something or multiple somethings in this episode were encouraging to you so that you can kind of move forward and move once again towards being hopeful. Yeah. So we're here for you. We are. We love you guys. Yes. Y'all are the best. So be sure to check back on Friday for another couch cast. And also, like we've been telling y'all, if you like what you heard today or anything we've ever told you, go tell a friend about <laughs> us because we would love to talk to your friends too. But until next time, I'm Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle. Looking for the Middle.